Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. This is Bola Shokumbi. I'm the founder and CEO of Clever Girl Finance. The Clever Girls Know podcast is a podcast for women, offering a space for conversations around personal finance, business, life, and living. I'd love for you to subscribe to this podcast, and you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes. And if you love what you listen to, head on over to iTunes and leave a review so that other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. I'd also love for you to stop by clevergirlfinance.com. We have new content on the blog multiple times a week. We have over 30 plus free courses. Plus, when you sign up for a course, you can talk to a Clever Girl Finance mentor for free to get encouragement, motivation, or if you just want to have an open, no shame, no judgment girl talk. Finally, check out our YouTube channel. Just search Clever Girl Finance on YouTube. And if you don't already follow us on Instagram, you can find us at Clever Girl Finance. Okay, so let's get into today's episode. Hi, Josie. Hey, Bola. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm so good. So happy to be here today. I am so happy to have you here. Welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So today we have your expertise and your amazing presence to talk to us, especially those who are business owners or aspiring business owners, about key mindset adjustments that every entrepreneur needs to make starting right now. But before we dive into this topic, please tell us who you are and what you do. Yeah. So my name is Josie Rosario. I'm a former therapist turned performance coach for entrepreneurs and teams. And outside of that work, I share thought leadership at the intersection of entrepreneurship, spirituality, and emotional health. And I do that on my podcast, online newsletters, and all of the things. That is so awesome. I didn't realize that you were a former therapist. That's very, very, very cool. (laughs) Okay, so let's dive into the topic. As an entrepreneur, well, I'm a business owner, right? And a lot of business owners or aspiring business owners listen to this podcast. Why is it important for us to have a growth mindset, especially when we think about today's rapidly evolving business dynamics? Everything is changing. There's AI. Is our business going to exist in two years? There's all the, you know, the stress and pressure of building a business. Why is having that growth mindset critical for us? Yeah. So if we think about what it means to have a growth versus a limited mindset, it's really about this belief that you can grow your skills and abilities, right? It means that, you know, it's not set in stone, that it's something that you can mold. And that is literally the definition of what's required today. If you think about kind of the last, what are we in 2023, the last three years, Mm -hmm, things mm -hmm. have changed so drastically, right? Kind of everything, you know, the pandemic was kind of the catalyst for that. And so, you know, I remember, for example, whereas, you know, in 2020, I was still serving as a therapist and, you know, we only saw clients in office and from one day to the next, we went to virtual. And so, we really needed to be flexible and malleable and know that we could learn how to provide therapy online. Same Mm -hmm. thing for other types of business owners, especially those brick and mortars. And so, you know, the pandemic is one example, but to your point around AI, 
you know, that's something that is already revolutionizing our world and definitely, you know, the business space. And so it's so important that no matter kind of the technologies that kind of come up or any of the things that might happen, we have to make sure that we know and that we believe that we can grow, that we can develop skill sets and that whatever we do now, whatever we know now is not set in stone. I love that. And I completely agree with you. Just being open-minded to new changes and embracing Mm -hmm. changes and seeing how you can incorporate changes into your business and into your life. There is a saying, and I I don't know the exact verbiage, but it's something about when you stop learning, when you stop Mm -hmm. growing, you stop living. And so a lot of times as business owners, we already find it really hard, right? Business is hard. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. For those of you who run businesses, who are starting (laughs) businesses, who have been in this game for a long time, you know that this is hard. There's tears, there's Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's stress, there's all kinds of things going on. And it's hard to imagine that business is this hard. And now there's all these other things that are changing and adding on the, I guess, the burden of having to change with the times. But at the same time, it is so necessary. And, you know, to your point, I believe that adjusting the way we think about it and the way we think about pursuing growth and being open to embrace change can help us minimize that feeling of difficulty Mm -hmm. when we think about what's changing, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So I would love for you to talk to us about some of the common mindset limitations that entrepreneurs often face. And then how mm-hmm. can we overcome these mindset limitations? So if you if you share a limitation, tell us what we can do to stop it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I really love this question as I was kind of preparing for this and thinking about kind of these limitations. And I think that, you know, it's, it's kind of like the saying new levels, new devils. And the limitations mm. are kind of mindset blocks, as, you know, folks typically call them. They change depending on your industry and also it changes depending on what level of business you are, especially when it comes to like revenue. And so, you know, and and I I think it's important to mention that here because if you're listening in, you know, and you find yourself in a particular kind of phase of business or entrepreneurship, you know, versus someone who may be in another phase, I just want you to know that sometimes the things that you're thinking about and considering while you're making it to your first 100K, for example, are different than the things that you are considering to your first half million, to your Mm -hmm. first million, to your second million, et cetera. So they just want to kind of say that caveat. But I think that regardless of the phase, there are some limitations that creep up. Sometimes depending on the phase, they're going to look differently, but they're still kind of the same. And so three that I'd like to offer is one, this idea around things being perfect. And I know it's like it's super cliche, <laughs> perfection doesn't exist. Ah, ah, ah. And as I mentioned, I think that as you make more money, as you hire a team, for example, perfectionism shows up in more sophisticated ways, mm-hmm. right? And so I think that's why it's just so important to like have a coach, have a mentor, community, et cetera, that can mirror that back to you because, it can be really insidious, right? And so I think that when this urge for things to look a particular type of way or perfection or like whatever kind of way you want to categorize it, I think that it's really important to reframe that by thinking about feeling fast. I think this is so important in entrepreneurship. 
And, you know, I have my own ideas around the term failure and kind of the ways that we think about it and kind of how those ways might might be unhelpful. But the point with failing fast is that you want to make the quote unquote mistakes fast so that you can learn. The -hmm. quicker you learn things, the quicker you can actually do the things that you want to do. And I think that sometimes a lot of times, actually, when you're starting an entrepreneurship, you know, you have a vision. We come to entrepreneurship for very personal reasons, most of us. And so, you know, you have a vision and you're steadfast in your vision and you're like, you know, I want this thing to look a certain way, except that a lot of times our businesses don't exist in silos. And so, you know, we really have to, as we were talking about, adopt that growth mindset, but also know that when things go the way that you don't want them to go, see them as a blessing, see them as an opportunity mm-hmm. to say, hmm, okay, wait, let me get curious here. What happened? This is not a commentary on me. It doesn't mean that I did something wrong. It's just that I'm learning, you know, no matter kind of what phase you're in. So that's one thing going from perfection to failing fast. The other kind of limitation that I see is Rather, this misconception that your business persona is separate from your personal persona. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is that, and I say this often, is that the personal is professional and the professional is personal. You can be private, you know, whatever that is for you. You can have boundaries. In fact, I very much encourage business owners, entrepreneurs to have really good, strong boundaries. But, and also, I think that sometimes entrepreneurs think that, They can be one way as an entrepreneur and another way personally, and that's not always the case. The way that we do one thing is the way that we do most things. And, you know, that can really become a hindrance in your business, because if you're not taking care of yourself personally, it's going to show up in the business. Right. Sometimes sometimes we can say, no, you know, I have to stay up until this you know, hour because I have to do this and, and then I will take care of myself. And it's like, well, if you're not well, you're not serving well, you're not leading well. Right. And so I think that it's really important that entrepreneurs understand that the personal is professional and vice versa. And then the other, and the last kind of limitation that I'll share is that I think that we've come to shame in some ways, changes in business or pivots. Mm-hmm. And we think of them as weaknesses or like lack of intelligence of some sort. And that cannot be like further from the truth. I think that the most responsible thing that we can do as entrepreneurs, especially we want to be conscious entrepreneurs and do entrepreneurship intentionally is make the change once you have the data that supports the change. I think sometimes we hold on to you know, a particular business model or a particular way of doing things because we see change as bad. We we're kind of talking about this before. And I think that we need to pivot often and as much as needed. And I, I see sometimes that that, like not embracing that can sometimes get in the way for mm-hmm. entrepreneurs. These are all mindsets that I have personally experienced. <laughs> so I was like, as you're speaking, I'm nodding my head because you mentioned perfectionism, right? You start a business and you want everything to be perfect. The website, mm-hmm. this, the, that. And what happens is because you're in such pursuit of perfectionism, you end up falling into the trap of procrastination. Mm-hmm. And I had to learn that lesson very quickly that, you know what? Done is better than perfect. And 
you talked about failing fast. And to me, failure is an opportunity to learn a lesson to keep moving forward, right? So that's the way I look at it. So I love that you mentioned that. And then the other limiting mindset you said was thinking that your business persona is separate from your personal persona. And I see this very often where people think their business is just this thing that has Mm -hmm. nothing to do with who they are, Mm -hmm. their personality. But as a business owner, as a leader, who you are is welded into your business, your practices, Mm -hmm. your leadership, whether or not you are the face of your business, whether or not you are the voice of your business or not, because, you know, there's businesses based on personal brand and there's businesses where the CEOs or the owners are behind the scenes, but who you are is heavily integrated into your business. And it's so true that if you are not well, your business is going to reflect that, right? So Mm -hmm. when I'm burnt out and I'm doing whatever, I'm making rash decisions, (laughs) they come back to bite me, right? So that's such a a key point that you mentioned. And the, the third thing you said was business pivots. This is another thing I see very often where people feel like if they have to pivot from their original plan, their original mm-hmm. idea, they've somehow failed or it's yeah. somehow embarrassing or the business is not what they claim it is. But pivots are all part of growth. I think about this article I read on what it took for the Coca-Cola, the person who founded Coca-Cola, whoever that person is, what it took for them to come up with the perfect cola recipe. Mm-hmm. They had to pivot. <laughs> of course. So many times. Think about the electric yeah. bulb. Um, right. I forget who, was it Mr. Graham? Whoever made this, for, I'm sorry about my facts, right? <laughs> wrong, but they had to test that and pivot that thing thousands of times for us mm-hmm. to have this electric bulb that we all take for granted. There's no shame in yeah. that, right? And all that stuff just ties into growth. So those are the mindsets that we need to start ditching as business owners. So rewind, selecta, <laughs> <laughs> and listen to what Josie said again. <laughs> so I wanted you to kind of go deep on what you said about failure, right? Because failure is something that a lot of people don't necessarily take well, right? Mm. But it's part of life, as you mentioned earlier, and you talked about failing fast. So how can Mm. we as entrepreneurs embrace that failure and bounce back from setbacks and leverage failure to build a resilient mindset? Yeah, I think that the number one thing that needs to be done when it comes to this term failure is that we really need to redefine it, right? Mm -hmm. There is just a negative connotation attached to failure, right? There is defeat. I mean, I think even when you say the word failure, energetically, it's just like, I feel deflated. (laughs) Say that again. Yes, I agree. I said it feels icky. It doesn't feel good. Right, right. It feels, and also, unfortunately, it feels finite, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. I failed. There's a beginning and an end. That's it. Like, I can't bounce back. I can't learn from this. It's just, you can't go anywhere from failure. It's actually a term that I never, ever, ever use because I don't think it's helpful. And I think that, you know, kind of related to what I said before, I think that it's really important that as entrepreneurs, as leaders, I mean, I think just in life generally, that we really, you know, that when things don't go the way that we wanted them or that we expected or planned for, that it's it's a detour. It's a lesson, again, as mm-hmm. like cliche as it may sound, but this makes room for growth. It makes room for you to breathe. It makes room for it to not be a commentary on you. Because when we think about failure, it's like you failed. You did mm-hmm. something wrong. And who grows from that? No one does. <laughs> you know, it's hard. And so yeah. 
Of course. It's like, again, it feels like the end of the rope, the end of a tunnel. There's just really nowhere for you to go. And so really thinking about, okay, I took this detour, curiosity. My gosh, I just, the world would be such a different place if we were just a little bit more curious, right? And so when things don't go the way that you wanted them to, what if instead of, again, making it about you or something that you did that was quote unquote bad. Okay. What happened here? You know, who was I when I made this decision? Right. Am I still the same person? What was my emotional state? You know, when I made this decision that didn't necessarily work out asking yourself those types of questions. Okay. Like what was happening around me? What was happening in the world? Right. That maybe might've influenced, you know, this decision that I made that didn't pan out the way that I wanted to, You know what I mean? Like just being a little bit more expansive in the way that you look at not only yourself, but really the business, right? Because our businesses are mirrors. The other thing around detours or lessons is two things. One, and I just cannot stress this enough. You have got to build a community around you. Yeah. Business building is not, I mean, I think that healing happens in community. I don't think that we should be doing anything on our own outside of, you know, our own personal work that can't be outsourced in any way, but you should not be doing business building in a silo. It is the fastest way to really burn out and like just burn the thing down. Right. I think it's one of the most underrated success hacks that there are is building community, finding a mentor, just being around other folks to support you when those detours happen, right? It's just so beautiful and helpful and supportive to be able to go to a peer, to a colleague, a coach and say, hey, I need a different perspective on this thing. This thing happened and I just, I can't see what I could have done differently. Can you help me? Right. So that's one thing. And then the other thing when it comes to like detours and just like redefining it is that we really need to see business building as an iterative process, like an iterative like cycle instead of this like linear thing that it's like you do one thing and then you do another. I don't necessarily think that that's how business building works. I think that it's a cycle, right? You mm-hmm. you do something, you put something out into the world, you get data, right? Whether that's like quantitative data or qualitative data, right? Anecdotes, metrics, whatever, client results. You get the data, you see, okay, well, what's working here? What's not working? What do I need to pivot? Where do I need to change? Okay, I got that, that synthesis. Okay, let's re-implement. Let's try that again. Okay, let's get more data. Oh, we need to pivot. Oh, I need to hire this. Oh, I need to shut this down, right? So it's like an active cycle, right? That actually has no room for failure. Mm-hmm. has no room for, oh, this thing didn't work. Okay. That's it. The end. No, because you're constantly moving. Does that make sense in terms of yes. like the cycle? I'm like yes. doing it in the air here. <laughs> I mean, it definitely makes sense to me. And I'm like, again, I'm here nodding my head to everything you're saying because I totally relate. <laughs> yeah. Hey everyone, before we continue with this podcast episode, I'd love for you to check out the best-selling Clever Girl Finance book series. There are three books in the series and the first book is Clever Girl Finance, Ditch Debt, Save Money and Build Real Wealth. The second book is Grow Your Money, Learn How Investing Works. And the third book is called The Side Hustle Guide, Build a Successful Side Hustle and Increase Your Income. 
You can also check out my fourth book called Choosing to Prosper, Triumphing Over Adversity, Breaking Out of Comfort Zones, Achieving Your Life and Money Dreams. And this book highlights my personal story to building a business of impact and challenges you as the reader to dig deep into laying out what you truly want to accomplish for yourself. I wrote each of these books to empower women just like you to achieve your goals and get to the point where you're living the life you desire on your own terms. If you love these books, be sure to tell your best girlfriends and they also make the perfect gift. These books are available everywhere books are sold and you can purchase them as ebooks, audiobooks, and also physical books. And you can also ask your local library to order them as well. Thank you so much and let's get back to the episode. But, you know, I, I love how you you mentioned you don't use the word failure. Instead, when something happens, a setback happens, right? You're assessing what went wrong. Why did this happen? You're looking, what are opportunities for me to grow? And I love that you said that you don't want to make failure finite. Like even if you use the word failure, I use the word failure, but to me, in my mind, failure doesn't mean finished. doesn't mean end. It doesn't mean stop. It just means opportunity to learn, right? So it's about exactly what you said, repurposing how you think about failure. Like what Mm -hmm. is it changing the meaning so that you realize that this is now opportunity. And I love what you said about having the support systems and, you know, community mentors. That's something that helps me thrive. I 100% agree with you that it's difficult to build a business in isolation. Mm-hmm. Even if you are in a position where nobody understands your business, just right. having the support from a friend, from a, a colleague, from a mentor, none of my mentors are in the finance space, mm-hmm. but they're able to support me mm-hmm. in so many different ways that add to me as a business owner and as a leader that then positively impact my business. So, you know, I think sometimes people will say, well, I don't know anybody in my space. I don't know anybody in my industry. I don't have anybody to mentor me. And you might be thinking about it the wrong way because when you're yeah. looking at a mentor, looking at specific characteristics, specific skill sets that can be mm-hmm. applicable wherever you are. So I love that you mentioned that. And then you then you reiterated about just business is iterative. Mm-hmm. You're always going to have to be building and be pivoting and be changing and be assessing and be looking. And when you're looking at it that way, then the whole idea of failure, you've embraced it because you're right. working through it. You're working, you're going through it. You're swimming through it. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Yeah. So <laughs> you've talked about failure. So talk us through discomfort. Mm-hmm. <laughs> discomfort, let's separate that from failure. So discomfort is we're doing stuff, it's working, but oh my God, this is hard. I hate this. It's so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I have to talk to this person. I have to do public speaking. I have to present. I have to pitch. I have to talk to investors. I have to do all these things. I have to do an Instagram live. I have to go on social media. This is so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. How do we embrace that discomfort that and not allow it to keep us stuck in the position so that we can just embrace opportunities that we have for growth, as opposed to thinking of that discomfort as a challenge. Oh my God, mm-hmm. I have to do that Instagram life. Oh my God, oh my God, I have to, I have to. Yeah, I love this question <laughs> because I think it allows me to invite folks to really think about their relationship to discomfort, right? Mm-hmm. How you do one thing is how you do most things. And I would really invite folks to think about, you know, do they consciously put themselves in situations that are going to feel uncomfortable or, you know, do you always kind of play it safe? 
and do the things that you know that you're good at, which is something that, you know, we do. Like I used to do that all the time, (laughs) right? And so if you are someone who have put yourself in situations that you just know that you're going to thrive at, then you may not necessarily have kind of the reps and the experience with discomfort. So what happens when, you know, you start a business, right? Which is (laughs) like, you want to grow as a person, start a business. That's what I always say. (laughs) And so grow by fire, by force. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Like there's just no offense or buts. I, I don't care what anybody says, but you know, if you just have not had enough, like, or any or just enough experiences being in situations that are uncomfortable, you're going to find yourself in an uncomfortable situation and you just may not be able to tolerate it, right? In the mental health space, we usually talk about like a window of tolerance, you know, and everyone's window of tolerance looks different. You know, some people have a really big window of tolerance and other people, it's like really small. And, you know, when people sometimes, you know, they're like in an argument or an uncomfortable situation and they like leave or some people can like really stay in situations that feel uncomfortable. That's kind of the idea there. And so, again, it's it's really thinking about and leaving space for nuance. Like, what is my relationship to discomfort? Right. How can I increase my window of tolerance for discomfort? And again, it's not like you're going to you know, walk and purposefully put yourself in situations that don't feel good. That's not what I'm saying, right? That's very different than something that feels like, you know, it's stretching you a little bit, right? Which is where growth happens. And so I think that a way to really kind of work on that discomfort is building the awareness around your relationship to discomfort and then you know, really challenging yourself that if, you know, you might have a really small window, how can I put myself in situations where I can develop my self-trust that, you know, I'm in an uncomfortable situation, but I have the resources to be able to take care of myself. And that doesn't necessarily mean always going away on vacation, but it could sometimes (laughs) be like, I need to step away and just take a couple of breaths or go on a walk or whatever the case is. So it's not like a beautifully like clear cut answer, but I do think that because it's nuanced, my, you know, my response is a little bit more nuanced. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. And, you know, like everybody, I guess, manages discomfort differently. For me, discomfort used to be a big stumbling block. Like I just would not take the action. I would find a way to get around. If I couldn't get around Mm -hmm. it, then I just wasn't going to do it. (laughs) Yeah. As you grow, as you learn, for me, I realized that discomfort is just me being afraid of what could not happen, what could go wrong. Mm -hmm. And what's the absolute worst thing that could go wrong is what I always ask myself. Usually Mm -hmm. it's nothing. Usually it's like, okay, I waste two hours or somebody tells me no, or, and I'm over that. Okay, fine. I wasted two hours, but guess what? I can learn from what I didn't do well in those two hours. Somebody tells me, no, you know what? I ask somebody else or I ask again, or I come back later, or I remind you later. Like, What's the worst that can happen? None of this stuff is going to kill me. None of this stuff. (laughs) Like, you know, so for me, discomfort is I just do it anyway. I'm just going to do it. I just do it because the longer I sit and let it fester, the less likely I am to do it. And there's so many things. I remember when I first started this podcast. So now we are, I think you are going to be our 290th episode. The very Mm -hmm. first episode, I was so afraid of my own voice. I recorded this Mm -hmm. in my closet, like, and I'm not talking about walk-in closet. I'm talking about a closet that you <laughs> squeeze your body in and you shut the door, yeah. your back's against the door. Like that was where I recorded <laughs> I that, love very that. First, that very first episode because, and I put up a light because I didn't want to just 
I was afraid of my own voice, Mm -hmm. but I did it anyway. And now it's so easy, right? Mm -hmm. To just record a podcast. So it's just like, and sometimes we think that our discomfort is so small and it doesn't matter how small you think it is. It's just, or how big you think it is. It's just finding a way to work through it. Like, you know, what's the worst that can happen? How much time am I wasting dwelling on this Mm -hmm. random thing because I feel uncomfortable? Like it's, for me, it's so much, it's so much of a relief to get past the discomfort than to sit in it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you shared that story because, you know, sometimes discomfort is like a signal that we're on the precipice of, or like on the edge of something really big. It's almost like the way that I I think about it and see it is like, I'm like at the edge of a cliff and I'm about to jump off into my most abundant year, you know, my, you know, most purposeful projects. Like, it's like, we're about to do something really big and really mm-hmm. incredible. And again, just kind of going back to this, you know, what I was saying about failure, again, like redefining and just allowing a lot more nuance about these ideas and these feelings that we have. It's feelings are information. That's really what they are, right? Like they're not facts, yeah. but yeah. they are information. And sometimes discomfort is like, hmm, there's something here that I may need to look at or like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to play small anymore. I'm stop. I'm not going to, you know, play myself or like play on like my purpose and my gifts. Oh my gosh, I'm doing the thing, you know? And so I think that that can also be a different way that we could think about discomfort, kind of like this podcast, which is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So shifting away from discomfort, let's talk about self-belief and confidence, right? How do we build these up in ourselves as business owners and what is the impact? I mean, it may sound obvious, but I'd love for you to share your perspective of the impact of having self-belief and confidence as a business owner. How do we build up these characteristics, like being more confident, having more self-belief in what we're doing in our mission and our businesses? Yep. Yep. So my gosh, we can, this can probably be its own episode. (laughs) Such a loaded question, but it's so, 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 so important, right? Because I get this question around confidence a lot because I'm very confident. I mean, if you were to meet my mom and like my late grandmother, you would probably understand why, (laughs) right? So some of that is like baked into kind of like my lineage, but, you know, confidence is a function of consistent action. Right. I didn't Mm -hmm. just wake up one day and, you know, it's like, I'm confident, you know, and like (laughs) go and do the thing. Absolutely not. You know, my confidence has been built by being consistent and taking action, even when I was uncomfortable, even when, Mm -hmm. you know, I didn't necessarily know what's kind of in front of me. I I, I mean, I could just see kind of like the first step in front of me, but I couldn't see down the path right? It's that conviction and that obedience to my purpose and what I'm here to do. And so, you know, I have this post on social. I think it's like, you know, a lot of times we don't want to commit to the past because we can't see it, but we don't realize that the commitment to ourselves is the past, right? Mm -hmm. It's this idea of self-trust, right? That self-belief and confidence and and self-trust are so closely linked, right? Because if you don't trust yourself and, you know, if we think about like, well, what is self-trust? It's that, that you got you, right? That it's not about the diplomas, right? It's not about the degrees and the awards and the money. It's that you trust yourself to figure it out, right? Mm-hmm. You trust yourself to find the resource, right? To be inner resourced enough that you're going to figure things out. 
right? Like to me, that is what self-trust is. And it's so tied to taking consistent action, right? If I don't really believe that, that I got it right, that I need, if I believe that I need to look outside of myself to make things happen, to walk in my purpose, then it's going to be really for me to build confidence because I'm constantly going to be looking outside of me to take action. It's conditional. Mm -hmm. Right. And so kind of going to your question around like, well, how do we cultivate self-trust? How do we cultivate confidence? I think you really have to think about and really develop this strong sense of self. Why do you do what you do? Right. Because there's going to come a time where you know, doing the things because your parents said so, or doing the things because your partner said so, or because society rewards this or that, it's not going to be enough. Yeah, Something's got to give. Your health is probably the first thing that's going to go, right? Like whether you recognize it or not. So where is your sense of, of self? What is your personal vision, not the business's vision? What's your vision? What's your legacy? Whatever you define legacy to be, right? That could be wealth, that could be healing, whatever. Why are you doing what you're doing? That has to be your anchor, right? And so from there, you start to then, you know, the way that I'm thinking about it, it's like this thing that just like builds on itself, right? You have a really strong anchor, right? You see the accolades and the rewards, awards and the degrees, right? Like those things are just adornments, but like who you are, what you're here to do, like that's the core, right? So on top of that, you're like, okay, now I know. So I trust this vision. I trust myself. I trust that I can figure, right? It makes it a little bit easier to take action. It makes it, it, makes it a little bit easier to embrace the detours or the failures. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. It all comes from your strong sense of self and you being ruthlessly clear about who you are. Yep. Getting clear on defining what your anchor is, getting clear on your why. And you know what? That is so true because for me, confidence has come with growth, with age, with experience. And when I think about it, the times when I wasn't confident, I wasn't sure what, why, who, what, for what. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, okay, sure. But now I know exactly who I am. I know exactly what I stand for. I know exactly what my why is. And because I've, I've gone to that place, it's really hard for anything, anybody to deter me from what I want to accomplish. And I built that confidence along the way. And I think that's something that if you intentionally put your mind to really getting clear on your why, really getting clear on understanding your anchor, really getting clear on what it is you want to accomplish, when something truly, truly matters to you, some of that confidence is inherent. It just comes with it. And the other, you just work on building, right? I think building confidence and self-belief also has a lot to do with surrounding yourself with the right people, right? Mm-hmm. People who are going to lift you up and going to motivate you and going to be your hype people and going to be your support people when things are not going well. They help boost your confidence. And mm-hmm. then going back to a statement you said earlier, just being well, taking care of yourself, making sure that your mental and your emotional state are in check. Because as we've been saying, business is hard <laughs> and it's going to so challenge hard. your mental your mental state is going to challenge your emotional state. <laughs> and you need to make sure that you're caring for yourself because when you're of sound mind and you're in a good emotional pace, place, you're more confident as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, you know, I agree with all of that. <laughs> <laughs> Josie, I have a couple more questions for you. I would love for you to share, like for anyone listening to this right now, today, 
they're starting a business, they've been in business for a while, and they're kind of like, you know, their mindset needs some help. What are your top three mindset adjustments that we can all make starting today to thrive in today's business world? Yeah. So I think that being really clear about kind of where you are in like your stage of business is really important. I think that sometimes when we think about business, we think about gross, big, bigger, better, like all the time. It's just Mm -hmm. growth, growth, growth. And that's not necessarily you know, what's always needed. So really embracing, embracing this idea of seasonality in business that, you know, if you are in a maintenance phase, right, that your goal, let's say for this year is not to necessarily do more and make more money, but it's just to maintain what you made like last year, for example, that that's not necessarily mm-hmm. a bad thing. Likewise, that growth isn't always, you know, a good thing, right? Like sometimes you may grow too fast and things might break. Likewise, you know, a pivot is also okay. So just really embracing this idea of seasonality and that the season of business that you're in does not say anything about who you are as a person. Like Mm -hmm. that's okay, right? The other kind of adjustment is kind of what we shared at previous at different points here is that the personal and the professional is personal. I just, I cannot stress that enough. That, you know, how you are as a person is how you lead a business, how you lead people, how you lead a movement. And so, again, that it's less about, you know, not being a private person and having boundaries, but really making sure that as you're considering business strategies, that you're also really taking care of yourself. And then, you know, the third mindset adjustment is and And, you know, this might be an unpopular opinion or one that folks (laughs) might hear and be like, girl, what are you saying? But I say this with a lot of certainty uh, from my own personal experience as an entrepreneur and and coaching entrepreneurs. And that's that, you know, it's okay to leave something you worked hard for. Yeah, it is okay to leave something you work hard for. Having worked hard for something means that it mattered. And what matters can change. So yes. related to what we sh- what we were talking about before and embracing change, it is not a commentary on, on who you are and what you believe in and your values. It just, it is what it is, right? It's this idea of like radical acceptance. Sometimes yeah. things need to change and we need to be okay with that. Yes, I, I love that. It's okay to, you've spent the time, you've built the thing, you can move on. You move yeah, on, you take yeah. your lessons, you take whatever and you you move on. You don't have to be bound to a thing or yes. a person. Yes, anything. <laughs> we just add that in there <laughs> because yeah. you're like, I worked so hard for this. Things change. Life evolves. Mm-hmm. We move on, mm-hmm. right? So that's, mm-hmm. that's such great advice. This has been so great, Josie. I ask everyone who comes on the show, what is your Clever Girl superpower? Mm-hmm. Love this question. I was like, huh, what is my superpower? I would say that my superpower is telling you what you need to hear, telling you the raw truth that sometimes may be hard to hear, but making it feel like a comforting, warm blanket. (laughs) Kill you with kindness. (laughs) I'm not going to kill you, but I'm going to tell you what you need to hear. And this is literally like a direct quote uh, from someone that I work with. They're like, wow. (laughs) I was like, okay, great. I'll take that. I'll run with that. 
No, I love that. I'm the same way too. I honest, I mean, if you don't ask me, I don't give my opinion usually if I don't know you. Like if you like it, I love it. <laughs> if you ask me, <laughs> if you are like, Bola, what is your two cents? Be prepared. I'm giving my two cents. <laughs> right. So, this has been so great. You mentioned you have a podcast. Please mm-hmm. tell everyone how to keep in touch with you, where they can find your podcast, more about your business any services you offer. So anyone who uh, wants to reach out can do that. Yeah. So I'm pretty active on social. So on Instagram in particular, you can find me at the Josie Rosario or my website, josierosario.com. There you can learn about, you know, what I do. And primarily right now I serve as a one-on-one performance coach for entrepreneurs. So is that something that you're interested in? Then please, uh, you know, go to the website and, and reach out there. And then in terms of my podcast, it's called Healing Meets Hustle. And you can find that wherever you get your favorite podcast. So Apple, Spotify, all of the places. And yeah, I'd love to, I, I like absolutely love this conversation. I would love to you know, stay connected to entrepreneurs, folks who are in different stages of their journey. I love, love, love this stuff. Like, I mean, literally I created a (laughs) podcast around it. So just really looking forward to connecting with, with folks in your audience. Awesome. Thank you so much, Josie, for your time and your expertise, for sharing these amazing insights. I appreciate you for being here. Likewise. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode, and I hope you enjoyed it. If you've loved the episode, but you don't yet subscribe to the podcast, you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes and head on over to iTunes and leave a review so other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. Thank you so much for being here, and I'll talk to you on the next episode.